comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Hi, my name is Joe Messa. I'm a lawyer and I'm also a big football fan. I'm a 25-year Eagles season ticket holder and there's a new post-game show in town. Welcome to the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and the best right tackle in football, Lane Johnson. Welcome to everybody on Jacob Media's YouTube page watching the show as well as 6abc.com. Not the outcome we wanted, not at all the game we wanted. Take almost everything we said after week one, and we could say the opposite today. But in the meantime, the worst part about football season, other than wins and losses, or excuse me, losses rather, comes down to injuries. And right now, out of the gate, we want to give you an update on two guys that went down today Brandon Brooks, unfortunately, and Brandon Graham. Gunner, what do you have for us, my friend? Yeah, uh, Mark, as, uh, as you know, I reported on social media during the game that um, I was informed that there was a distinct possibility Brandon Graham uh, suffered an Achilles tear and Brandon Brooks uh, suffered a pecs tear. Um, about a half hour ago, uh, it was confirmed by my sources, uh, Brandon Graham is done for the year. Uh, he did indeed uh, rupture his Achilles. As for uh, Brandon Brooks, it is a pec injury. 
Uh, right now, from what I'm told, it doesn't look good, but it's not confirmed just yet that he is done for the year. But they're still waiting to get a few more tests on Brandon Brooks, but doesn't look good for him either. And here's a guy, I mean, this guy, last few years, he can't stay, aw- can't stay away from injuries. No. You know, he's such a good guy, one of the best right guards in the game when he's healthy. He can't stay away from injuries. And two huge losses, not just as football players, but leaders in that locker room. Certainly. And one of the things you look forward to with even uh, those two guys is their production throughout the entire year, especially a guy like Brandon Brooks bouncing back from injury so many times. This is another one that's going to be a long term injury. You certainly feel for the guy. And same thing with Brandon Graham. But I mean, Devin, one of the things we're going to look at in this game, even though you kind of felt the loss early in this game and if the Eagles were going to pull it out, you felt like it was going to be a miracle type victory. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. they take a 17 to 11 loss. But the thing that really stings about this when aside from dealing with it right now with just now being one and one as opposed to a two and oh on the season is that this is going to be a loss that now lingers, not just because of the loss, but the loss in players from Brandon mm-hmm. Brooks to also Brandon Graham. So it's not just one of those things you can look at on this Sunday afternoon and say, all right, well, you know what? It's a loss. You get them next week. Well, now you're going to be attempting most likely next week's game at a loss after losing these two players. Guys, after that Jalen Rager touchdown was called back at the end of the second quarter, I I lit a candle because I was like, you know what? It's okay. (laughs) They had a touchdown called back last game. They they bounced back. But now this candle is mourning Brandon Graham and potentially Brandon Brooks because that is a massive, massive loss. And that really, really upsets me. Um, I don't know what happened. It was a complete momentum loss with that Jalen Rager touchdown being called back. And then Nick Sirianni tried to go for the Philly special again, which I will say, if he pulled that off, the link would have come (laughs) down. Like, so I I do like, you got to respect it, but it's also like, we, we just couldn't produce anything in the red zone. And it was very frustrating to watch. Mm. Yeah, you, you say that, and it's the situation where if the Eagles would have pulled it off that 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 that, uh, that that fourth down, going for it with the it was more of a Philly Philly than a Philly special uh, because it wasn't a direct snap, but still, yeah, it would have been incredible. But that to me, even more so than the, the Rager touchdown that was called back, that to me was the turning point in the game, Gunner. I don't know what you thought, yeah. but I, I don't know if you go for it on that fourth down or not. I don't think you do. I think you take the points in that situation and just get off the field, live to fight another day, get points on that particular situation. I didn't like them going for it, and I certainly didn't like that play call. That was a lot to ask of young players on this offense. You know what, though? Uh, We we can all sit here, and me included, because I agree with you. Okay. We can all all sit here now and be lounge chair quarterbacks after the fact. Had he made the play, had they converted it, we would be talking. It was genius. And genius (laughs) play. You know what I mean? It's just the nature of the beast. Again, I don't have a problem with his aggressiveness. Um, and that one play to me did not define uh, the outcome of this game. Mm-hmm. It was their inability to capitalize on a team like San Francisco. And I said this time and time again throughout the week on various platforms. When you play a disciplined team like the 49ers, a team that was just a few years removed from being in a Super Bowl, okay, decimated by injuries last year, but the bulk of those players back, if you don't take advantage of a situation, you're going to pay for it. And you can talk about that play, the the Philly-Philly play, the block field goal play. And then you look at what happened in the fourth quarter. Um, Two huge plays on the same drive. You know, the running back fumbles the ball back without a bounce. Derek Barnett, dumb penalty, okay? A few plays later, Eagles get the ball again, a targeting penalty, 
give San Francisco the ball again. That's led to three more points. So instead of it being a six-point game, with the Eagles finally getting a touchdown and that two-point conversion, now it's a three-point game. The only distinct disadvantage the Eagles were at is that they had no timeouts. And say what you want to say about the way the Eagles played this game. I just wanted to see them go tooth and nail against this team. I picked the 49ers to win this game because of their experience and because, as I said, this is a team that tries to play smash-mouth football on both sides of the ball. So everybody was stoked because early on, 49ers couldn't run the football. And I'm telling anybody who listens, they are not going to abandon the run. There are a lot of teams in situations like that that will abandon a run and get out of what their character is, not the 49ers. They had 24 yards rushing at halftime. They finished with over 100 yards. Why? Because the game was still very much in reach. And once they got the Eagles defense on its heels, they didn't beat them with a lot of big plays. They just did what they do consistently to get the job done. And that's the difference between a veteran-proven team and a young team that's learned a valuable lesson in a game like this today. Debo, Debo Samuel, Samuel's play that he had for 40 yards was a simple right. slant route that he just simple beat his first man. That he beat his first man at about 10 yards, right. took it another right. 30 yards down the football field. You look at also this, you talk about catching the Eagles defense off guard. Right. First two possessions for the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo yep. had guys for screen patterns that were dead to rights beating the defense. They yep. dropped the ball. That yep. was more the offense of the 49ers bailing out the defense of yep. the Philadelphia Eagles. Although, when, he, when it comes down to it, they didn't allow a lot of points in this game. Defense no. overall looked okay. But those two big plays when you talk about the Debo, Debo Samuel play, and then you also look later in the game allowing another big play, that's something you got to be able to take away from an offense because those are clutch mm -hmm. situations. And right. the, the, the touchdown that was caught in this game, by it was distracted by George Kittle. I forget who it was that brought it in for the San Francisco 49ers. Steven Nelson on that particular play started getting sucked in to George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Three guys go to Kittle. That's how good he is. They even pointed exactly. it out on the broadcast. Next thing you know, you got a wide open guy run, uh, coming into the corner of the end zone for the touchdown. That was a blown defensive effort, blown defensive coverage right there by the Eagles. That I think is something that they're absolutely going to have to have to watch more than a couple of times in the film room after this game because that was a play right there that also you can look to as a air-out-of-the-balloon type of play because that capped off a long drive by the 49ers. Well, but I, I felt like the Eagles defense did a pretty decent job of containing Kittle in the first right. half. Oh, yeah. And whether mm -hmm. it was offense or defense, we did – the uh, 49ers offense did have three three-and-outs in a row. So, Deegan, I want to get your opinion on, you know, was it – a change in our defense? Did they just get tired throughout the game where they kind of gave up steam against the 49ers mm -hmm. offense? Or did the 49ers offense finally figure out how to get us beat? Uh, good question. Combination of the two. You look at the you look at the two scoring drives for the 49ers. 90-plus yard drives. That last touchdown drive, 17 plays, 91 yards, chewed up nine minutes on the clock. I don't care how good of a defense you are, you can't expect a defense not to be exhausted after something like that. And when you, you put together 90-something yard drives, even when you're rotating guys in and out, your interior guys are going to get exhausted. They're not going to get the push that they were getting. Um, they're not going to be able to pursue it the way they were for that moment in the game because they're dog tired. That happens to any and everybody. But Kyle Shanahan, as I've said a number of times, is one of the best, if not the best, offensive strategists in the game. He will continue to do what he does. He will add a wrinkle here and there, but his staple is run the football between the tackles. And so what happens? 
Once they started sucking the Eagles in on the run play, it was pitch left, pitch right. Eight, eight yards here, nine yards there. That's what they did. Then they went back to pounding this team between the tackles again. And again, I go back to the fact that the Eagles did an incredible job holding them to 24 yards rushing in the first half. All of a sudden, San Francisco's over 100 yards. No one player accumulated that 100 yards rushing, but a collective effort. They kept, they kept running in. Mitchell, Hasty. Every now and then, Garoppolo would take off. But for the most part, it was Mitchell and Hasty. They just pound and pound. And if they get a lead on you, they sit on you. You know, and people are saying, okay, hopefully we can get a turnover. Now, all the 49ers cared about was keeping the clock moving. Once they got that lead, all they get was 14-3. That's all they cared about. Keep the clock moving, keep the ball out of the Eagles' hands, and then let's attack them. And that's what they did. I thought the 49ers did a really good job in the second half defensively of keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket, even when Jalen was able to step up. But unlike the Atlanta Falcons, the 49ers under our old friend D'Amico Ryans, very disciplined, very solid technique defense. They knew exactly what they do. At times, they knew exactly where they wanted Jalen Hurst to go, whether it's with the pass or on the run. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the difference in a game, experience. You know, Nick Sirianni, he's going to learn from this. When he looks at the film, he's going to learn from this. Young mm-hmm. players are going to learn from this. They took their deep shots. They had a little bit of success. They've sent a message out now. We've got the weapons to take deep, sh- deep shots now, something they didn't have to take last week when they beat up on the Atlanta Falcons. So as they continue to go along, defensive coordinators are going to adjust. But I will say this. The good news is you won't see many defenses the rest of this year like the San Francisco 49ers. You won't see many offensive minds like Kyle Shanahan the rest of the year. So that bodes well for this team. You know, go through something like this early on in the season as a learning tool, build on it, grow from it, and hopefully you win more games than you lose moving forward. That's definitely an optimistic viewpoint that we could take away from this game that you're not going to be seeing these guys again. But one of the things I will call into question about the offense struggling is you did see the deep ball to Quez Watkins, 91 yards. No one's going to complain about that. Happy to see it. Unfortunately, they weren't able to cap that off because that was the attempted fourth and goal situation. But I thought these tight ends were pretty good at football. I thought Zach Ertz was supposed to be pretty good. I thought Dallas Goddard was supposed to be pretty good. They have four targets throughout this entire game, and I don't think they were targeted at all in the first half. That was something I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Nick Sirianni. I don't know if it was something they were taking away. It didn't look like it. I saw enough 12 personnel where you could have run that and at least try to find those tight ends early in the game. But even when, and Gunnar, this goes to your point from earlier, even when you try to put your finger on one particular thing with this offense or defense, there's 10 other things that come about as well. So it's hard to say there was one thing. I will look at coaching, though, because that's one of the easier things to look at when it comes to pointing blame or trying to say, what what the heck, guys, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But Nick Sirianni not calling plays to those guys' directions. I don't know if that's also Jalen Hurts not feeling comfortable going to them quite yet. Maybe he's not on the same page as much as he might be with a guy like uh, Quez Watkins or a guy like uh, Devontae Smith, whatever. And you, as, as this game went on, it just seemed like there were more and more guys that were kind of showing themselves making mistakes as opposed to being able to look at one particular person and say, What's the deal? The one thing I will say about Jonathan Gannon, for as well as this defense played overall, I didn't understand defensive line rotations. Uh, There was a fourth and one situation. You had Hassan Ridgeway in the middle of this defensive line. Fletcher Cox not in the game. I don't know if that was a situation where they were winded or maybe they pulled something. But it just seemed to me that a fourth and one, that's exactly when you want Javon Hargrave, who also was not on the field at that time. And you also don't have Fletcher Cox on the field for a fourth and one early in this football game. Thought that was a little interesting from Jonathan Gannon in, the, in this particular game. 
I wonder if they were nicked up or, or tired. You know, okay, mm-hmm. if people keep saying, you know, you these athletes get all this money, yada, yada. But you're still human. You're still human. When mm-hmm. you've played X amount of snaps, especially when it's warm out, your body's going to take – it takes a toll on your body after a while. So if they had to get a breather at that point or whether they were nicked up, then it, ju- it just so happened that the Niners caught them at the right moment, at the right time to execute that play that they executed. You know, so I'm not going to fault Gannon, Gannon for that. You know, you know, we we and, and this is going to be all season long. We put this team on this pedestal, and all these accolades coming out of that first game, it kind of backfired today in a lot of ways. They didn't execute in the fourth down situation. They got a lot of stops, but they didn't get the necessary stops. They get they didn't give up a lot of big plays, but they couldn't get off the field when they had to get off the field in crucial situations. Um, and so now they're going to ride that proverbial roller coaster. We're going to have our highs with this team. We're going to have our lows. And as I said off the top of the show, the big key for this team is staying healthy. Well, now you've lost Brandon Graham, you know, as I confirmed with my sources, Brandon Graham's out for the year. Still waiting to confirm whether um, uh, um, Brandon Brooks Brandon Brooks is done for the year. But, but again, it was emphasized to me a couple of times. It doesn't look good for Brandon Brooks. We're holding our breath right now, but it doesn't look good. Okay. So you've just lost a Pro Bowl edge rusher, and you just brought, lost your Pro Bowl right, ta- uh, right guard for the remainder of the year in game number two. Now everybody's panicking because of what we went through in 2019, 2000 injuries, players falling by the wayside. But we're watching this happen across the lead. Everybody's losing key players every week. It's going to happen. Your backup guys had better be ready to step in and play a whole lot better this year than they did last year. Mm-hmm. I, I well, pers- Landon Dickerson did do that today. We saw the he first did. of him, and yep. I thought he was impressive. I mean, again, we don't know what's going to happen with Brandon Brooks, so TBD. But um, I, is Brandon Graham's replacement less reliable? I mean, I don't even want to call Landon Dickerson reliable because we've only seen him right. for less right. than one game. Sure. But, um, I mean, how massive of an impact is that going to have on us? Mark, I, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt no, you. No, no, no. Absolutely not. No, I, yeah. it's going to have a huge impact. I and, mean, Gunnar, that's what I was talking about yeah. earlier. You got these losses that are now lingering losses because not only did you lose a game, you yeah. might you possibly lost two guys that are going to are going to be big contributors throughout the season. True. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no question about that, but that's the nature of the beast. you know. And that's why you build your depth chart. And you know that's why I, 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 you know, I'm such a big fan of Jeff Stoutland because of the way he uses his offensive linemen. He makes them utility offensive linemen where he can plug and play uh, at, at different points. Now, is Andre Dillard going to move in and be a guard? No. That's why you <laughs> That's why you draft. <laughs> you no. Said, oh, God. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, she, she just went on record. She just went on record. This, loss, we have, this loss is lingering more than I thought if we got know, Andre Dillard moving you know, in there. <laughs> but that's why you better have Dickinson ready to play because, you know, you drafted him highly. Coming off an ACL tear, this is why you drafted this guy. So now we're going to find out a lot sooner rather than later exactly what he's all about. You know, he's going to get a, a lot of ample time. You know, Andre Dillard was your swing tackle today. And as Devin said, oh, God, I hope he doesn't get in the game. Keep Lane Johnson upright and breathing. You know, uh, keep Jordan Malata upright and breathing because if we're down now, if one of those tackles goes down and you got Andre Dillard out here, and and then, of course, he, he, I don't even want to think about it. I'm not going there. I don't even want to think about it right yeah, now. Yeah, let's, let's just, let's just yeah. wallow in this loss. All right, let's not think about what, the, what could be down the line for the yes. Eagles. Let's wallow yes. in this one for right now and lick our wounds. I do just want to look at uh, what some people are saying. Right now, yeah. people are talking about 
talking about. I see uh, Nunya. I like you already on our uh, YouTube page. Nunya is hitting us up saying Gannon gets a ble- uh, B plus for this performance. Uh, when it comes to Sirianni, you do not leave points on the field. Obviously, low scoring games, uh, right. especially in this one. Zero timeouts left with five minutes left in the game. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly you can certainly go to things like that right now in this particular game. Those pinpoint things, but I, I, I just feel like. And I hate to go back to this, but when you lose, uh, Andy Reid used to always say, and I used to like, actually, when he would say this after the game, uh, there's one thing I used to like what he used to say. Everyone's got a piece of the pie. Everyone's got a piece of the pie. And in this particular game, a lot of people had a big piece of that pie. And a lot of people are going to be looking at the film in this game, wondering what they would, what they could have done better. Jalen Hurts, for the scramble plays, as you pointed out earlier in the show, Gunner. When you look right, at some right. of the scramble plays he made, they were big plays. You needed him to move the football down the field. Sure. But there were a couple of different instances. And one I think was in their first possession or maybe their second possession of the game. He had a deep ball to Devontae Smith all the time in the world to throw it. And I was thinking after I watched the replay of it and then watched it again, even though you have all the time in the world, doesn't need to, doesn't mean that you need to take all the time in the world to try to deliver the football. Thought he had Devontae Smith a little bit later in that game as a throw. I'm sure he'd like to have back and get rid of it. There was another play on, I want to say it was a third down conversion, where he had Devontae Smith about 10 yards down the line of script, 10 yards down the field, down the sideline. Then he also had Dallas Goddard in the flat. He right. opted to go the deep, deeper pass to Devontae Smith instead of hitting Dallas Goddard, who I thought had the first down in his back pocket. The drive ended up stalling. Those are just a couple of plays right there that I looked at a quarterback who we say all the time, even if Carson Wentz, go back to last year, was able to be the deodorant to this team to make up for a lot of the stink that this team put out there, make up for a lot of the mistakes, you look to a quarterback to do that. I thought Jalen Hurts certainly did that, a lot of that in the second half by making up for plays where his wide receivers weren't able to get open downfield by scrambling to create a big play. And it takes me back to one of the things that people praised about Jalen Hurts even last year. If he doesn't know the play, He'll make the play. And this year, I don't know if it was not knowing the play, but it certainly looked like he knew how to make a play when the play wasn't there. Yeah, I actually thought Jalen Hurts play. I I was fine with his performance. Mm. I think everything was on play calling. I don't think it was on Jalen Hurts. That's just my opinion, Deegan. I don't Mm. know if you agree on that. Here's the way I see it. Your starting quarterback has a little more than five games of experience. Mm. Your collection of wide receivers, you have a rookie, you have a couple of second-year second guys. And these are, go- these are going to be your primary weapons going forward. You know, you're going to learn. You can learn. You can only learn so much on a practice field, film study. Each and every week, it's a different situation because you're looking at different schemes, different downs and distances. It's going to happen. You have to build up a resume before you can say, okay, it's out of kilter. It didn't look right. How many – Athletes have we seen, five, 10-year athletes, have gone through some of the same things that you guys have just talked about. You know, it happens. So if it happens to seasoned veterans, of course it's going to happen to a much younger nucleus. But this is the growing pains you go through, and this is why you go through them. You know, to build and make yourselves better, uh, to, 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 to kind of avoid these situations moving forward. And if this situations arise again, it could happen again. But again, it's, it's learning. You know, it's clock oh, management. It's down a distance. It's going to happen again. Yeah. yeah, it's going to happen again. No question mm-hmm. about it. Gunner, I think, and Devin, to your point as well, and Gunner, what you're talking about with experience, that's exactly why. That's exactly why you don't run that Philly Philly tight play at a fourth and goal because yeah. of the lack of okay. experience. Like that calls for chemistry. Like you had. 
I mean, just to use it, Doug Peterson had a full season with a lot of, the, a lot of these guys to try to coach up that play before they ran it in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, right. they, they, guess what? They had a full offseason as well with veteran guys to try to run it again when they ran the Philly Philly, not the Philly special right. in the opening game right. against mm-hmm. Falcons. Nick Sirianni comes in here and he's just like, guess what? Most of my starters haven't played in the preseason. Oh, to heck with it. Let me just try this type of play right here at the goal line. <laughs> not only did I not like them going for it, I hated the play call in that situation. Oh. Yes. One of the things that, Devin, as you said, one of the things that made that, if, if they actually would have converted that, that would have been incredible. However, right. yeah. the fact that they did, one of the reasons it would have been incredible is because once we saw it being run, I think we all went, oh my God, no way. And then it <laughs> failed, uh, which kind of made you all go, um, yeah, that was a bad play call right there. Wait, I but, saw but, someone yeah, say but, on Twitter, uh, yeah. sorry, I saw someone say on Twitter yeah. that the coaching was Andy Reid style uh, clock management. And Doug Peterson at his worst play calling. And I think that's, but from a rookie coach. So it just, it didn't work. It was a disaster. (laughs) Don't be surprised surprised if he runs that play again. You know, again, maybe it'll be successful next time. Exactly. And we'll be be calling him the boy wonder, the next Chip Kelly, this innovative offensive mind, a Sean McVay clone, you know, so on and so forth. You know what? I'm sitting there also watching the game going, why would you call that play at that situation where you just gave momentum back to the other team? But if he had converted it, I would have been tweeting. I would, I would have been tweeting. Great play, great offensive line. Way to catch a veteran defense off his heels. Boy, what an awesome play! I can't wait to see what else Nick Sirianni has in his bag of tricks. It happened. I, 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 I would have said, uh, and I wouldn't have said this word, but you get the idea. Uh, gutsy. There you go. <laughs> I would have said gutsy. There you go. And, and gutsy doesn't always equal smart. Um, so even though sometimes you don't make the smart play or the smart play call in this situation, sometimes it right. still works out. Uh, he would he rolled the dice big time. He, he rolled the dice anyway, going th- going forward on fourth and goal by just not taking the, the three points, right, and going up 6 nothing in that particular situation early right. in the football game. Right. Uh, you roll the dice enough by just going for it to then not only probably doubly roll the dice, but maybe triply roll the dice. Uh, that was probably a particular play call that probably didn't go. Probably didn't go. Again, you got Dallas Goddard. You got Zach Ertz. You got a quarterback that was extremely accurate in week one. Right. Why are you taking the football out of his hands and giving it to Greg Ward? That, to me, is the is just overthinking it, in my in my opinion. Overthinking that particular play call. So, yeah, overall, I don't look at Jalen Hurts and say, this is on, obviously on the quarterback. There were a couple of throws. And like I said, everyone's got a piece of this pie. Everyone's got a bite. When it comes to uh, overall, I definitely go coaching before I go execution in this particular game. Absolutely, Devin, that was a great point. I, I absolutely would go execution rather than actual. Oh, excuse me, I'd go uh, game plan as opposed to actual execution in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, for sure. Hey, Mark. Yo, are you a little salty right now? You just. I'm salty. extremely salty. Do I do I seem a little salty? salty? Just you seem salty. very salty, yeah. Because yeah. you know why? Here's yeah. what I haven't yeah. been able to separate. I know I'm supposed to be like objective and all that stuff. Nah, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. I can't be like totally objective. Why my heart's still in it. Because my heart's still in it. I root for the Eagles to win football games. They did not win the football game today. And they lost it based on what I thought was a lot of, oh, we can still do this. Look what we did last year, last week against the Falcons. We can we can be confident and make a bold play call when the whole momentum of the game changed after the fourth and goal situation. That was, again, not only a gutsy play call, it wasn't the smart play call. It was not only gutsy to go for it on fourth and goal, it was just a bad play call after it. So you compounded an already complex situation. You know what You know what makes losses like this sting? Because we could have won. Like, I think we could have easily won. Had play calling been better, had... 
uh, offense been better in the red zone, uh, which also kind of goes back to play calling, just a lot of different things. It wasn't like a blowout. It wasn't hopeless. Yes. But that also, I think, makes me not that salty because it's like, okay, you know, the 49ers are a good team. Most people didn't expect us to win. Um, we could have won. Very frustrating to watch. Very frustrating moments. But I think it's hopeful because now we know we can go back and work on these things moving forward. I'm there an optimist. Okay? These are, you know what? You know what we just learned, Gunner? You know, what? What? <laughs> you know what we just what? learned? What uh, we, we, learn? we, we learned we had teaching <clears throat> moments. As, as, yeah. There you go. And yeah, my so daughter. Did the Eagles. In a teaching mode, this was a teaching moment today. <laughs> As they like to say at my daughter's daycare, we had some teaching moments today. Anyway, uh, hey, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit more. What from is our wrong friend. with you? <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we well, actually, how much time do you have? Uh, so, <laughs> Lane Johnson's gonna be joining the show a little bit later. Uh, we also are gonna be talking to uh, John McMullen. Will be joining us from the stadium. All that and more is gonna be available right here at the live post game show. And, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, this show is exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go, Birds. Go for the win. Go, Birds. Ocean Casino Resort. Like I said, coming up in just a minute, hopefully we're going to be joined by Lane Johnson when all the smoke clears at Lincoln Financial Field. We'll also be joined later in the show by John McMullen as well. Thanks for watching. Live postgame show, 6abc.com. We got plenty more to come as we're on with you for the next hour and a half featuring all the Eagles content that you need with Derek Gunn, Devin Caney, and yours truly, Mark Farzad, on 6abc.com and the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We'll be right back with more Eagles coverage. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. 
at Messon Associates for an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back to live post-game show, 6abc.com and the Jacob Media Network YouTube channel as well. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney joining you. John McMullen will be joining us from the stadium coming up in just a second. Lane Johnson will be joining us uh, a little bit later as well in the show. Give us a little bit more inside information as to what went into this loss from an offensive standpoint. I know a lot of times players, particularly just like coaches, got to watch the film afterwards, but it felt like enough went wrong in this game offensively and defensively where Lane will certainly have uh, his very honest opinions, Gunner, as he per usually does, no? Oh, there's no question about it. Um, and, and I'm sure he's hurting right now because uh, uh, if what we're hearing is true about Brandon Brooks, I mean, they're very close friends. Um, they spend a lot of time together off the field as well. Uh, they've worked out together. They're like Batman and Robin, Green Hornet and Cato, you name it. Um, and so that's a big loss that he's not going to have Brandon Brooks uh, to his left for – if it, hopefully, hopefully the good news is it's just for an extended period of time and not the entire season. Right. But again, as I've said a couple of times off the top of the show, everything that I'm getting as of right now is saying does not look good for Brandon Brooks. And that's a huge loss uh, because if you look at his time that he's been here in Philadelphia, I believe he's only given up one or two quarterback sacks, which is unbelievable in today's football when you have so many good pass rushers with so many good creative moves. And for him to only give up one or two in the time that he's been there, that's phenomenal. And you just don't replace that off the street. You just don't bring in somebody off the bench to replace that kind of quality uh, and technique um, and, and, and durability. Well, not so durable now. So so hopefully, um, you know, I'm hoping for the best. But again, it, it's not looking real good at this point with him. No, unfortunately not. And as we continue to dissect everything from this game, there was one thing that just kind of it stuck out to me. And I, I don't know if it was because he's a rookie. And I know he said he came out of his shell and he's really comfortable in this locker room. There was one or two plays, certainly one play, deep play down the sideline to Devontae Smith, where it looked like his arm was held back and there was no right. call on the play. Uh, it would have yeah. been defensive right. pass. I thought it was defensive pass interference. But I don't think he gets that call as a rookie unless he jumps up and kind of just at least puts his hands up in the air saying, Whoa, what happened on that? Looked like the defensive backs judge was uh, D backs judge was a little bit out of position to make the play, or might have been in the right position, but right. locked or screened from the play a little bit. I don't know, Gunner, from all your experience in covering rookies and all that, I know right. they don't normally get that particular call, but it looked like his arm was in fact held back by the defensive back in that situation. It, it was for a fraction of a second, but you know what? With all of the, the rules in the NFL in today's game that are for the benefit of the players. You know, the pass interference rule is one rule that, I, that the way they've redefined it, I hate it because a lot of times 
the wide receiver is also an expert at making it look like he's being held when in all actuality, he's the one that initiated the contact. So you're right. A young player like uh, Devontae Smith is not going to get that call right now as he continues to go along and he continues to make plays and rack up numbers. He's going to get that, uh, that respect more so now, but you know, hand fighting is across the board in the national football league. And it's very touchy. Um, you know, just like the uh, targeting rule in the National Football League, what is targeting and what isn't? You know, wh- when a defensive player is running 100 miles an hour and about to strike, when a ball carrier dips his shoulder and dips his head and you collide, why is the defensive player always getting called with, with the targeting? Because that's not always right. You can't ask a guy moving at that kind of speed at the fraction of a second to change his angle when he's going to attack somebody. And a lot of times, you know, these pass interference calls are so ticky-tacky nowadays. I wish they would sit down, all of the decision-makers sit down and redefine exactly what pass interference is because, you know, it has cost a lot of teams through through, uh, through the years recently a lot of games because it's so inconsistent in terms of how it's called. Hmm. I know that there, there were several pass interference calls on the Eagles defense that hurt us, but I will say, yeah. even though uh, Devontae Smith didn't get that one where they were holding his arm mark that you right. just mentioned, mm-hmm. we did get several and didn't do anything with it, which made it True. very frustrating. Like, True. had a fresh set of downs and nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, that, that was really frustrating for me to watch. Mm-hmm. I, and one of the things, I know we'll get into it more, maybe with Lane Johnson as well, but – I thought for the most part, for the most part, I thought Jordan Mailata won the day against Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa still got a sack. It was right. a big situation. But early in the game, he also got away with a little bit of a hold uh, coming off the edge there with Nick Bosa. I noticed in the second half, Nick Bosa was on the other side of the line of scrimmage. As a matter of fact, Nick Bosa's forced fumble on Jalen Hurts came from the other side of the line of scrimmage. He wasn't lined up against Jordan Mailata in that situation at the start of the second half. But the plays that you're talking about, certainly the Eagles, they got a couple of calls or non-calls. Really, Jason Kelsey got away with a blatant hold late in that game. I believe it was on the Jalen Hurts uh, uh, first big scramble in the second half. But as this game went on, it's funny, you you talk about waiting for that moment where you're able to capitalize on a turnover, and you thought that happened with Kayvon Wallace, but Kayvon Wallace ends up getting that targeting penalty, the unnecessary roughness, and Gunner, I'm so glad you mentioned that, because I understand what the NFL is trying to do, and we know they're trying to make the game safer, and that's, right. all, that's a great goal to have, no and I, I, I second yes. it absolutely, but how are you supposed to especially in a situation where the target is moving because somebody else hit him, locate the target, hit it properly, and not get a penalty on that particular play, especially when Kayvon Wallace's head is maybe a foot off the ground because he's trying to make sure that he doesn't make contact helmet-to-helmet, did not make helmet-to-helmet contact, hit with his shoulder, the top of Mm -hmm. his shoulder as he went down. I don't know what a defensive player is supposed to do in there. I know they're saying heads up, but if you have heads up, you can't make a play on that play. Or if it's it's a short yardage situation – uh, or even in a, lo- a third and long or a fourth and long situation, if you decide to, uh, to tackle a guy, especially a bigger man up high, nine times out of ten, with that ball carrier, with his momentum moving forward, the defender is going to be pushed back and you're going to give up those crucial yards. You know, you're always taught as a football player, defend your turf. Do whatever you have to defend your turf. Defend your spot. And no matter what happens, get that ball carrier to the ground. But we see this every week now in college football. Hey, in college football, if you get called for targeting, you get tossed out of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're one and done. And we see replays of targeting at the college level, and a lot of those calls have been questionable in terms of 
why is this kid being thrown out of a game? Because he's, he, he's about to strike a ball carrier while the ball carrier has moved substantially to engage contact, but yet the defender or the tackler is called for targeting. Same thing in the NFL. You know, it's one of the most frustrating aspects of playing defense in the NFL nowadays. Defensive players, it drives them nuts in terms of what is and what isn't anymore. And all you can do is go out there because you have to protect yourself also as a tackler. So you're just going to let a guy continuously beat you up in your chest? No, you have to defend yourself also, and it's frustrating. The only thing is now defensive players hope, they cross their fingers and hope, hey, hopefully I don't get caught on this play. Mm. You know, that's all they can do now. Yeah. And no matter what, you're going to be lowering your like people think like the crown exactly. of the helmet is really what they're looking for. But you can't exactly. help as a defensive player when you've been coached your whole life. Go That's low. It. That's it. What am I supposed to lower my body and keep my head all the way up? Like, how do I do that? But more specifically to the Eagles, when watching this particular game, uh, there are a couple of plays that you talk about youth. You talk about inexperience. The, the Debo Samuel play certainly sticks out. There were a couple of screen plays that you saw the defense get sucked in on. We mentioned right. the uh, the Nelson play where Kittle ran right up the field on the touchdown. Three guys go to him, leave somebody else open in the corner of the end zone. There were certain things that maybe some of these starters should have got a couple of more reps in the preseason. I know it didn't hurt them against the Falcons, but it's weird. at their In their own building, it seemed like the communication was worse here than it was in Atlanta, in a dome, which should have never been the case. But you look at the way these guys should have been communicating. Alex Singleton uh, trying to get on the outside to cover uh, Debo Samuel on that 40-yard play that we had talked about earlier. Nelson coming to the inside when it looked like the Eagles were set back in zone coverage, sucking in to George Kittle to try to stop him when the touchdown went elsewhere. The communication to me isn't there. And I don't, I don't know if it's a matter of building up the chemistry of this team or it's a matter of the coaching of this team trying to get that communication going. But it looked like there was none of it from a defensive side on those big plays. And the, and the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, hey, look, the, the Eagles defense was up to the task for most of it. But the plays that they got hurt the most on seemed like when there was no communication on the football field, more, more blown coverage than anybody necessarily getting beat off the ball. The effort was there. You played a much better caliber of opponent this week compared to last week. Kyle Shanahan was a great offensive coordinator when he was down in Atlanta. He carried that over into his head coaching stint with the San Francisco 49ers. He got basically the Eagles got outplayed in chess by a better team. Plain and simple. Did they have their shots? Yes. You don't take advantage of those opportunities against a team like this. You're going to pay. And they paid dearly today for mistakes. Block field goes not being in position. But give credit where credit is due. Kyle Shanahan studied everything the Eagles were trying to do to him. He devised plays that helped them gain the necessary edge when they, when they needed it. You talk about the touchdown play. One of the primary things you want to do is make sure George Kittle doesn't have you on, his, on their highlight reel. So on that touchdown play, what does he do? He sucks them in with, with Kittle. Defenders go to him. All of a sudden, guy slips to the outside. It's a brilliant call. It's you know it's it's back and forth. It's a it's a brilliant call, no question about it. Other plays that slant route to Debo Samuel. All he needed was a ray of sunlight because of his speed and his ability. He turns it into a forty yard gain. Mm -hmm. uh, Juwan Jenkins is the guy. Yeah, Jenkins is the guy that was kept to the touchdown. Whose name Juwan keeps on uh, yes. yeah keeps on slipping my mind. Yes. I, I'm sure you'll be screaming his name while you're sleeping at night. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna wake up. Juwan, Juwan, cover Jenkins. 
What the hell? All right. Uh, that's what I'll be thinking, at least uh, when I think back on this game, unfortunately. Devin, it was, uh, from all angles, pretty much just a rough one for the Eagles to take. Uh, well, there were, there are a few bright spots. Like I said, I'm an optimist, Mark, you know, I'm, I'm looking oh. at a few people, <laughs> your guy, Jamon Hargrave, I thought had a great game overall. Like for the most part, Alex Singleton mm-hmm. had a pretty good game. Um, that's about it, but still, you know, two <laughs> bright spots. By the way, Jennings is the name, not Jenkins. That's my mistake. I looked too fast at the, uh, the, the you, box. You there. guys are bringing me down I'm today. Out. I was in a good mood. Why were you in a good mood? What? You were not in a good mood. What? Why not? You're going to Brandon Graham is out for the season. Brandon Brooks might be out too. There's no right. way but, that you're in a good mood. Yes, but I, but I look at it as a positive, not, not their injuries, as a positive. Mm. It's just one game. It's devastating to lose, and it's devastating to lose players like that, but, but it's just it's, – it's week two. It's not week right. 17 or 18 where it has cost them a playoff spot. So now they're going to have to rally. They're going to mm. have to call on this player and this player. You're going to have to fill this role. You're going to have to fill that role. You know, and we got to keep moving forward because we got a heavyweight game coming up on a Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys. And oh, by the way, six days after that, on a short week, we got to turn around and face face Patrick Mahomes and that offense. You know, uh, in Lincoln Financial Field. So, you, you know, Devin, Devin, <laughs> well, I'm how, worried, how, worried, how worried are we what? for the Cowboys though? Because I'm pretty scared. I'm well, gonna say it. I'm scared. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about attacking that that offense because. Mm. Um, they don't have a Kyle Shanahan, but my goodness, do they have weapons? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, and I'm not a big Mike McCarthy fan. I think in a lot of cases, Mike McCarthy is an offensive play caller is a detriment more than an asset. But Dak Prescott looked pretty doggone good under center. He did. Um, mm-hmm. And you look at who he's throwing to. Now, Michael Gallup is now playing in this game. I don't know his long-term prognosis, but Michael Gallup is down. Their fourth receiver is a kid named Cedric Wilson, who could be starting for a lot of teams in the National Football League. And when you got CeeDee Lamb over here and Amari Cooper over here and Zeke in the backfield and an offensive line is pretty solid uh, when they're together, um, that's a formidable opponent. So, yes, I have to worry about the game because let's say if, let's say Dallas somehow loses this game today against the Chargers out west. Now they're going to have to go home 0-2 and play on a Monday night. You think they're not going to be jacked up for that game with the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles coming in town and the Eagles being one game ahead of them? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Be concerned. But, you know, it's the nature of the beast. I do want to tell everyone that, of course, this show is fueled by Stateside Vodka. You can see the scroll below. Use the code and uh, use the code postgame and make sure you get $5 off a one-liter bottle. Go to statesidevodka.com. Now it's time for the uh, third member, fourth member, excuse me, of our postgame show here. There we go. We got Lane Johnson joining the show from the stadium. Lane, welcome. Thanks for doing this today. We appreciate that. Obviously, a tough loss. What do you have to say about the way the team performed overall today against the San Francisco 49ers? I felt if we uh, could have executed a little bit better in the first half and converted, yep. uh, especially down there at the goal line, uh, I think it would have been a different outcome. But it is what it is. I, I think we finished well. Uh, we, you know, but at the end of the day, when you play good teams like this, you can't leave yep. anything we did. Hey, Lane, um, I had reported during the game from my sources that uh, your buddy and line mate, uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, Taurus Peck, and could possibly be done for the year. Do you have any more updated information on his situation? 
I mean, that's really all I've heard. I don't know the severity of the injury. Uh, I think yeah. obviously has to go get an MRI, but uh, I mean, you can't replace a Brandon Brooks. I mean, yeah. somebody of that caliber. Uh, it's, it's devastating. And, you know, the, and the news of VG too is, is terrible. You know, the way this game works, the way it goes, you know, young guys are going to have to step up and press on. But, you know, it's two, two key leaders uh, of our mm-hmm. team. Yep. Brandon Brooks went out, but Landon Dickerson, uh, rookie, stepped up and went in for the first time. Tell us about his performance in this game. I got to go back and watch the film. Uh, I think the second half, I think he settled down. Um, I think he played pretty well, but it's it's hard to tell. Everything's moving so fast. And, you know, basically when he's out there, I'm trying to get calls uh, communicated between him and Kels, picking up different blitzes, different pressures. But I'll, I'll have to go back and look at the tape. I can say he's – He's a massive human being and a super strong. So, and obviously, I think the more he plays, the, the better he'll get. Late, when you look at uh, that play at fourth uh, fourth and goal, I want to go back mm-hmm. to that for a second. Just first off, real quick, we know Philly Philly. We know Philly special. Can you give us this play call? What was that called? <laughs> I, I got to go back and look. I think it's yeah. it's not Philly Philly. It's, it's, it's a different terminology, but it's pretty much the same thing. But uh, okay. I got to go back and watch it. I mean, for me, everything's moving so fast. I mean, yeah. As far as remembering plays and this, that, and other, I remember the the, the, the end drive, you know, the final drive uh, where we scored and converted a two-point conversion, but a little bit too late. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lane, um, tell me about this being such an important learning tool for a lot of young guys that you guys are going to count on throughout the course of this season. Um, these are the kind of games, you know, they're good that they happen – in the beginning of a season more so than the latter part of a season. Because as you just talked about, you had your opportunities to beat this team. You guys left a lot of points on the field. And young players, week in and week out, are going to see similar yet different scenarios to what they went through today. But how valuable these learning tools are to make them better players and to help them mature a lot quicker going forward. Yeah, I just think with everybody involved, when you play a really good team – Obviously, I think you see that the attention to detail matters and that everything matters, especially, you know, when you have chances to put it in the end zone, convert, making conversions. That's the difference in, in, in ball games, especially against good teams. And, you know, this in, in this league, uh, you know, the competition is just going to keep getting better and better as the season yep. progresses. But I think we have a lot of young talent that's, that's potent. I think you see the plays that they're able to make. Mm-hmm. So a lot of confidence moving forward. But – Ultimately, uh, it, it's a you know bitter taste in our mouth. But when you go back and look at the film, uh, lot, lots to correct and and be hopeful there in the future. I mean, I think we can correct a lot of this and get the ball rolling for us. You are no stranger to this Philly crowd. You know the Philly fans. Uh, but for the younger players, this was the, their first time. Even Jalen Hurts' first time playing in front of a packed link. And I know that helps us on the defensive side of the ball. But do you think it was a little bit overwhelming for any of the younger players? Not really. I mean, I saw, I saw some <laughs> plays being made. Like I said before, man, Jalen really doesn't ever seen him rattled. I don't ever see him. Mm. Always seen the same. Uh, confident, mm. the way he's talking to guys on the sideline, uh, you know, throughout the game. And, yeah, man, we have some dangerous weapons there on the outside. And and guys coming in, playing well on the inside, landing. Jordan Malata stepping up, you know, going against mm-hmm. you know, maybe the best pressure in the league and, 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 and progressing and growing and doing well. So, like I said, we have a lot to um, 
lot to improve on, but you know, when we look at look at the room and look at the offense, um, I think we can we can be a deadly group. And what, How much, what was it like for? Oh, sorry, Mark. Um, yeah, what was it like for you playing in front of a packed stadium again? It was awesome. I tell you, last year was. Uh, I mean, when you go out there and it's, it's crickets, it's it's uh, it's a really weird feeling. I mean, it's yeah. I feel like it's even quieter than practice was. So, you know, having that back and and having that energy back, I just wish we could have capitalized and won it for them, and you know, made the made tomorrow a little bit better for everybody involved in the city, mm-hmm. but. It is what it is. No complaints, no excuses, and moving moving forward. Um, yeah, correct. How much did you see Nick Bosa? Did you notice ninety seven in front of you more than than not, or did you think he was over on the other side of the line of scrimmage more against Mylotta? Uh, he, he came on my side a couple of times. Um, I think he, he rushed a little bit, but not nothing. I think he kind of only be dropped into coverage on the one, but mostly I had D Ford, uh, Armstead, Arden Key. Mm-hmm. Mostly those guys on my side, and Bosa. I had Ken Law some on my side, but mostly Ken Law and, and uh, Bosa were on Jordan and Isaac's side. You know, you and I have had this conversation before, but you are known for giving up minimum quarterback sacks. And, and I want you to, to tell our, our viewers out there what separates you from the average right tackle in the National Football League in terms of approaching different edge rushers each and every week, yet holding your own um, to a higher standard? Uh, I mean, I guess whenever I got here, I, I had a great example in Jason Peters. I mean, when I, when I when I got to see Jason, he was in his 10th, 11th year, and I still saw what he was able to do and how he approached the game. And, mm-hmm. and really, I mean, uh, it, it all goes down to, to Coach Stoutland. I mean, how he – what he demands of us. And, I mean, really, when I go out there, my, my main yeah. focus – get off the snap like that last the last drive I, I thought it was a false start on d4 he got around the edge but it's just mm-hmm. it's a matter of getting off the snap for me getting off and getting a good a good jump on the count to put me in a position to block these guys because if you're late if you uh come out there and, and your toe is pointing towards the the sideline that's when those guys are going to make inside moves and, mm-hmm. and and it can ruin your day very quick i mean it's and you can never relax so that's the thing with O line, man. It's uh, you got to be, um, you got to be on it all the time, and, and these guys are getting better and better. And you know, a lot of it goes uh, with Kelsey. Kelsey makes all of our calls, puts us in a good position, yeah. and take it from there. But it, you know, it does get easier. It's it only gets uh, tougher and tougher each week. I've always said I think it stinks that an offensive lineman can get the best of the premier pass rushers in the entire game, but if a pass rusher gets one quarterback sack. Everybody says the offensive lineman stinks. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not fair. That's not, come on, man. That's not fair. Uh, you know, life's not fair, but they, hey, we're playing a game for a lot of money. At the end of the day, it's a game. Yeah. It's, it's entertainment, but, you know, um, but it's our livelihoods, and it is what yeah. it is. Our coach always said, man, this is, this is the life we chose. So, um, and, and moving forward, mm. I'm confident in our group. Yeah. Uh, Lane, last one from me, at least uh, for you. You know, I know Nick Sirianni had a really great speech to you guys after last week's game. What was his message to you guys after this game? Pretty much, I mean, basically what I'm telling y'all is that, you know, we had many opportunities to to put this thing away and to be confident in what you what you can do and then go back and, and, and correct what you know, mistakes we made. We got a primetime game next week, Monday against Dallas. Um, everybody knows what what type of game that is every year. So, really, the uh, attention to detail needs to increase. And um, that's really it. I mean, we got to 
when opportunities uh, arise, we gotta we gotta capitalize on them, which we didn't today, especially there in the first half. Lane, I know it's a typical question, especially with a Philly crowd. What was it like to have people back in the building today at the link, at least? It was rocking, man. It was loud. Uh, there was a couple times that even on the offense side of the ball, it's kind of difficult to hear, which is not a bad thing. But, I mean, it's – you know, we had not had this feeling here in a, what, year? Year or so, maybe yeah. longer. Yeah. So, it's been – I know people have been waiting to get out of the house and get in that stadium. So, it was, it was very loud. Uh, I feel like the defense played tremendous today. And offense, um, you know – when times when we could have sealed, sealed the deal, we didn't. So we, we, we got to improve. Lane, we appreciate you coming on with us uh, yet again, my friend. I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah. Stay, stay, healthy, stay, stay healthy. Good luck to uh, yeah, your line stay mates healthy. as well. Yeah. Uh, pray, prayers for, uh, for Brandon and uh, yeah. Brandon's. So, man, uh, we'll see what happens and keep pushing on. Thank take you. Care, take care, man. Thank you. Uh, Lane Johnson joining us there. Eagles right tackle live from the link right after the game. We don't want to let you forget that uh, this show is exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go Birds. When we come back, more analysis from another man at the stadium. John McMullen will join us from the link to help us break down this 17-11 to 11 Eagles loss to the San Francisco 49ers. More live post-game show with Devin Caney, Derek Gunn, and Mark Farzetta coming your way in a few. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.
Welcome back to live post-game show. Mark Barzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney with us. Don't forget, our show is brought to you by the YouTube channel, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Also, don't forget, tomorrow morning for Birds 365. That's 365 with Jody McDonald and Johnny Mack is brought to you by First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. We got to let the covers. Now, Lane Johnson, I don't know, Gunner, you accused me of being salty earlier. I think Lane is a little salty himself. Uh, I, I think... Oh. He obviously expected more from this offense. And, look, we look at it from the outsider's perspective, looking in as someone who's playing the game, Lane, you could definitely tell two things. One, the obvious, he's concerned about both his teammates and one, right, his really good right. friend, Brandon Brooks, and right. the other very disappointed in how the offense played overall today. It, it, this is not a game of perfection. It, it's a game of being more perfect than imperfect. It happens. You know, I understand he's a competitor. You know, and, and that's understandable, you know, because he knows and he knows and this will haunt him until they get back on the field next week. When they look, sit down and look at the film this week, they're going to see number of plays where they could have capitalized and possibly beat this team. But you, you can't make every play. You just hope you make more plays than the opposition. And they didn't. They had the chance. They're a young, growing team. You know, uh, we'd have been we'd have been walking on water after this game if they had won this game, but they didn't. A, a veteran team found a way to pull this game out, just as I had expected. I didn't expect the game to unfold the way it did, but I, I'm not surprised that a veteran team made enough necessary plays to get the job done. A team that's growing and maturing each and every week shot itself in the foot on several huge occasions, and hopefully they learn from this for bigger and better tasks coming down the road. You know, you know where the bad juju started, Gunner. You know where the bad juju started. I think where, it was Mark, when, I think it was when Devin did not eat a chicken wing at our pregame show <laughs> no. at Screwballs and Kayla Prasha. If she just would have had one chicken wing, Gunner, I wasn't going to bring that up. But see, Devin, <laughs> see, see, De- I told you, I'm trying to be in a happy place, hmm. and this guy just keeps trying to bring me down. Devin, <laughs> let us all just take a moment and inhale the the smoke from the candle that you lit. Earlier today, that, it lit. it's still it's still lit. I need like one of those. Um, I, can smell, I can smell it. It, it smells yeah. lilac. Is it lilac? Is it no? It's actually pumpkin flavored. Oh, flavored. Put, that out. Put, put that candle out right now. Put it out. <laughs> what? You're not a fan of pumpkin that, stuff? Come on. No, no, but I do like pumpkin spice coffee. Is that okay? Oh, wow. You're so basic. Wow. <laughs> what do you mean basic? <laughs> I am basic. Wow. What? Shots fired. Shots Wait, fired. I'm so basic. <laughs> This woman's having a seance over at her house with candles and stuff, and I'm wow. basic because I like pumpkin spice coffee. Are you kidding me? We're learning. We're all learning about it. These are all. You know what? Are. Eagles are having teaching moments, but we're doing the ones learn. We're the ones learning. We're the ones. We're learning. learning. We're slowly learning about each other. And guys, yes. I'm sorry, I didn't eat a chicken wing, but I will say I tried, and D Gun said no uh, during our what? pregame. Ridiculous. And I did say what? if the Eagles what? won, I would eat a plate of wings live on this show but they didn't win so they didn't win all right well we'll we'll have to postpone it for next time but right now we got to get to our man on the scene john mcmullen joining us right now and don't forget john is brought to us by the amazing people at mesa law and associates a tough lawyer for a tough town john mcmullen joining us right now john thanks for joining us after this disappointing loss if look there's a lot to blame to go around where do you put your finger? Who do you point at the most? Or what is something you needed to see from the Eagles today that, quite frankly, you didn't? Well, I, I thought there's very few times in an NFL game where there's a clear demarcation line. Now, I thought that was the fourth and three 
which was just a goofy play call trying to pander to the home crowd, if you ask me. But wow. now I know it's Devin not eating a chicken wing. So yeah, I'm I, sorry. Right about it, John. I'm sorry. Right about Philly, Philly 2.0 didn't work out because of me. And this yeah. is my public apology. <laughs> but I thought it was that. And, and don't feel bad. Don't feel bad, D. Gunn, if you're basic for pumpkin spice. I just like the hard stuff. So how basic? You like the hard stuff. Wow. <laughs> Just the right. Oh my call. goodness! So, so how well, about that fourth John, and three? Yes, that, go ahead. Yes, please. That fourth and three call. I mean, that's a rookie head coach making a bad decision, and you know it was going to happen. We all knew it was going to happen. There were going to be some hiccups. It wasn't going to be great, a hundred percent of the time, and that was the first indication. I mean, they were dominating this football game, but they weren't cashing in on opportunities. It might be Jalen Rager. Look. He's got a lot of talent. We all know that. We all know the athleticism. We saw the one-handed catches in practice. The route running is still not there. It's still yeah. uh, a, a project that is that he continues to develop. He's got to give himself a little bit more space on the outside. Uh, and he steps out of bounds. That could have been a big play. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, if you talk about Quez's 91-yard catch, I mean, it's a little bit disappointing you don't get in there. But – you have a false start, then you get a penalty, you go back, you get forward. Uh, and the fourth and three was just, look, they probably should have took the field goal. But if you're going to go for it, I, I mean, yeah, it can't be that. It can't be that at this stage. And I, and I always say, by the way, I tell every nobody really, if you really think about it, nobody judges. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh boy, it wasn't just me. John, John, I'm sorry. We, John, I'm sorry. We lost. I'm sorry. We lost you for a second. Uh, If you ask, if we ask you, which we are, uh, what do you, what do you have to say about that fourth down play? Go ahead. We lost you for a second. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, and I joked about pandering because you know Nick, I joked about it before. He had at one press conference, he had the Phillies jersey on. Mm -hmm. Today, had the AI jersey. And I was just a little too Philly special light for me. I, I thought he was trying to really, really jack up the home crowd. And you can imagine if that would have worked, what it would have done to this crowd. Right. You go back to the NFC Championship game against Minnesota. I think, you know, I've been covering this league for a long time. I, stole, I saw this crowd. If, if only... If only the, the 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 line would have broken up between Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts before that fourth down call. Modern that, technology. That, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Well, John brings up. We hope to get John back. Yeah, but go ahead, Devin. Yeah. Well, no, I was just gonna say, uh, Jimmy Kems- Kemsky on on Twitter actually tweeted Nick Sirianni's Philly pandering went too far uh, right after that play failed and. It's, I personally don't mind the Philly pandering. I appreciate it. I call him the Ted Lasso of the NFL because even before the game started, people were kind of hating on his AI shirt because they're like, he's going too far. He's like trying to win us over too hard. And I, I genuinely don't think that's it. I think he's just trying to embrace Philly. Um, I don't think his play call was like, oh, yeah, this is going to win over the fans totally. I think mm-hmm. it, he just genuinely thought it would work. And again, if it had worked, we would have been all in. We would have collectively lost our minds. So- <laughs> we certainly, we certainly would have. Uh, we're still working on getting John back for that. But again, the the cards are already against you, and the the cards are already against you because you're you're going for it on fourth down, basically. 
to compound, like I said earlier, an already complex situation with a play call with a bunch of D Gunner, as you pointed out, young receivers and a young quarterback, I thought only made it more difficult to attempt to execute in that particular play. And here's the thing. You want to talk about getting the crowd into it? You know what gets the crowd into a football game? A 91-yard pass play, <laughs> yeah. which you had on that drive. Drive. Yeah. It was one big play, and then you weren't able to do much after that. So that's one thing that I will look at and right. say, hey, the, 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 this was one, This is something I wouldn't have rolled the dice on in that particular situation. Would have taken the three points and moved on. Let's try it one more time with our friend John McMullen, who, yes, is at the stadium at League of Financial Field. John, do we have you back, my friend? Yeah, I think Nick Sirianni's in charge of the Wi-Fi today as well. <laughs> so Atlanta had no problem, but we're having right. a problem today. But Yeah, go figure. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this will hold. But yeah, the fourth down, as I said, it, it's rare you can point to – we always talk about turning points in the NFL, in NFL games. You can usually yeah. point to two or three plays. This is literally one play where before the Eagles dominated – after San Francisco dominated. So, I, you know, momentum might be a little bit overblown at times, but not in this instance. It, it just turned the entire game. Hmm. John, um, what was the consensus from players you talked to in the locker room uh, in terms on lack of execution and being able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the team, a, the caliber of the 49ers? Yeah, Gunner, I, I thought the players all to a man pretty much thought they beat themselves. And I kind of agree with them. They had right. so many opportunities early in the game to to put this game out of reach. Right. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo played well at all. I think the Eagles defensive line was unbelievable in the first quarter. Javon Hargrave set the tone again, really, in those first two drives. I think the first play was a four-yard loss, Javon Hargrave. And we talked all week about the San Francisco run game, the run fits, what the Eagles would have to do. They did a phenomenal job defensively. Mm -hmm. That defense deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, they deserve to win this game. The offense uh, didn't hold up their end of their bargain. And, and to a man, everybody thought uh, it was a failure to execute and thought they beat themselves. And I, I can't really disagree with them. I, I thought they outplayed the 49ers. They just didn't finish. And the, and the difference there is probably young team versus veteran team that knows how to win games. Right. Well, going back to the play calling, um, what was the overall mood from Nick Sirianni in the postgame presser? Uh, he admitted he would like to have that play call back, the fourth and third. And, and people said, do you, do you regret, regret not taking the field goal? He said, no, I just regret the play call. He probably would have went a little bit more conventional. Um, he, he understands. And that's one of the good things I think with Nick Sirianni, he does understand that it's a constant uh, battle to adjust to the adjustments being made to you. And I think if you can verbalize that, and he often does, that's a good first step because you can't do it uh, unless you realize it has to be done. So I think that's always a positive with Nick Sirianni. I, honestly, I think, it, again, it, I go back to its uh, first year, first time rookie head coach, and it's a big spot, 70,000 fans in front of his home crowd for the first time. And I, I think he got a little bit too excited, and you just got to temper that sort of part of your mind down a little bit and realize it's the same as any other game. And I think maybe it would have 
turned out a little bit differently. But the positive side to all of this is San Francisco is a good football team. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, contender, but this is a good football team. Atlanta was not. So they played with this team. They belonged on the same field with this team. Uh, and I think they've gained confidence that the fact that they went into this game and they felt they outplayed a good team. And that kind of, if you can sort of look off into the distance and say, well, that means we're a pretty good team. I think that's what the Eagles are going to take when they get over the 24-hour rule and say, we hung in there with a really, really good team. Hey, John, I don't want to harp on this too much, but Derek Barnett, you know, for a player uh, who's been in the league as long as he has, I just don't understand why he keeps making the same mental mistakes over and over. You know, on that play where the running back fumbles, uh, the Eagles defense has them right where they want it because the ball goes back. It's going to be third and longer situation. Oh, no, flag. This knucklehead decides to cheap shot somebody (laughs) in the back along the sidelines. I don't get it, man. And I think that's why a guy like uh, Josh Sweat got the contract and Derek Barnett is still waiting for the contract. Number one, because of constant mental mistakes like that that hurt a team. Number two – Obviously, it's because of the health factor. He still has not uh, been a kind of player that you would consider durable uh, that can stay healthy for long periods of time. Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on that one, Derek, because I, I think the NFL has gotten so difficult, especially for defensive players. Right, I, I right. mean, the strength the strength of Derek Barnett, he's a, a physical, aggressive player, and sometimes that gets him in trouble uh, injury-wise, as you mentioned. He can't stay on the field. I I remember a training camp, he, I, I forget the Patriots tight end, he just leveled. Uh, and the poor guy was down on the field uh, for about 10 minutes. And that's where Derek hurt himself on that mm-hmm. same hit. He's just mm-hmm. a really physical player. And sometimes that affects him. It, it's such a fine line. And you know, when you're playing 100 miles an hour, and really yep. they got two personal fouls on that same drive. The other one was on the fumble. And I think a lot of us thought it was going to be Anthony Harris because he kind of gave Troy Sermon a, a forearm shiver in the back of the head. Right. And then came the fumble. And then Kayvon Wallace comes in with his head down. He gets a 15-yard penalty. And it's like, well, that's after the fumble. So if you're not going to call it on Harris, it, it should at least be the Eagles football. So mm-hmm. it, it's really difficult um, to play defense in the modern NFL. And when you play it good enough to where you only give up uh, uh, what the Eagles gave up today defensively and what Jonathan Gannon, 17 points, I mean, you got to win the football game. In the modern NFL, if you give up 17 points, you have to win the football game. So I, I got to put, I got to place this loss on the offense, certainly more than the defense. Oh, definitely, and that that walks walks me right into this question. When you go, when you talk about the offense in this particular game, thirty two points last week against the Falcons, different team. You're on the road this time again, different team, better defensive coordinator, supposedly an up and coming defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's. What was the difference for this offense? Why did they struggle so much in this particular game to go thirty two points to eleven points? Why was there that drop off? You think, John? Well, I, I think there wasn't. Uh, as much consistency uh, in between the big plays. I mean, you had a lot of big plays. You had, obviously, most notably, uh, Quez 
you met, I mentioned how close they were with Jalen Rager. Uh, late in the game, we set up the touchdown. You uh, had the 27-, 28-yard scramble from Jalen Hurts. You had all these big plays, and then you look at the sure. rest of the play. And it was just there was no consistency. I don't think Dallas Goddard was targeted until the fourth quarter. I didn't understand that. I think um, no receiver caught more than two passes. Mm -hmm. They tried to get Devontae. I think Devontae had seven targets, but they weren't effective other than he drew a couple of P.I. calls that were questionable from San Francisco's standpoint, to be honest. Uh, I just thought it was very uneven. And Nick Sirianni talked about the fine line between off-schedule offense and getting the football out on time. And I think we're going to have this struggle with Jalen Hurts throughout the season because so much of his strengths as a player are the off-schedule stuff. But if you want consistency as an offense, that football's got to come out on time. you got to run the plays. And it's mm -hmm. sort of this weird, uh, almost purgatory you're in. You want to take advantage of what Jalen Hurts does well. And then you get a little bit frustrated when the ball doesn't come out on time. You mentioned Dallas Goddard, uh, and I think at one point I literally had to Google, like, is he injured? And, like, no one knows. I swear <laughs> I saw him once in the game. And, you know, Josh Sweat just got paid. Mylotta got paid last week. I know Goddard's still waiting to get paid. Is it just a coincidence that Goddard has yet to get paid and, you know, renew with the Eagles, and we saw him hardly at all this game? Is that something to be concerned about? Uh, I don't think the contract is something to be concerned about. I, I just think mm -hmm. it's more a difficult negotiation for, I mean, you see the money numbers with Josh Sweat and Jordan Mailata, uh, but they are really team friendly contracts for, mm -hmm. I, I mean, if those guys were to hit the open market after playing well, they would, you know, you're going to be lauding Howie Roseman for those, uh, how team friendly those deals were. I think if Dallas Goddard would take that, he would have already had an extension uh, but he and his agent understand if they play out the season and they just play the way that Dallas is thought of around this league, he's going to be the top paid tight end in the entire NFL. Now, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean he's going to be the best, but we all know contracts in this league are about timing and circumstance. It's his turn. Uh, so if the Eagles got him to, to bite, so, so to speak, on a team-friendly deal, mm -hmm. he'd already be extended. He's kind of, I think he's going to kind of bet on himself. And I think he should. I think it's a smart way to go. Well, then back to just this game contracts aside, why did we barely see him or Zach Ertz? Well, that, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> Devin. I, I don't know how you, you don't get to Dallas Goddard until the fourth quarter. Uh, and he made a couple big plays at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but they, you know, if you look at Jalen Hurts, he didn't complete a lot of passes. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was 12. I, I don't have it in front of me. So they weren't completing a lot of passes to begin with. I think the running game was sort of the plan coming in. So if you look at it, I think Miles maybe had 13. So between Miles and, and Kenny, you had about 20 carries. Had 10 on top of that. So they were running the football a lot. Um, and, and then when you get behind – and you got to throw the football. A, I, I don't think that's the strength of Jalen Hurts as a player. Uh, and B, you probably don't have the feel for the passing game because you haven't been 
really using it or, or developing it in the first 30, 45 minutes of the game. So I think this might've been a little bit different if the Eagles were playing from ahead and that's why that fourth and three was that big turning point. And once they got behind, it changes the whole sort of dichotomy of the game. No, it was certainly something that I was worried about as well. When you look at the fact that you had, I believe it was four total targets for your tight ends in this game, which is just mind boggling to me. And you're right. Jalen hurts 12, uh, 12 uh, completions in this game, 12 for 23 for 190 yards. And obviously 91 of those yards coming on one big play to Quez Watkins. When you do look at the overall game plan going forward, what are you going to want to see John from this offense? Because again, I'm with you offensively more than defensively. I put blame on the offense for how they played in this game. What do you want to see more from them going forward? Well, I think, and if you think about Dallas next week on Monday nights, I mean, if you're going to beat Dallas, you're probably going to have to outscore Dallas. Uh, so you're not going to beat them 17-11. They're going to score some points if Dak Prescott is healthy. Um, and we've already seen the numbers that they've been able to put up early in the season. Um, so you're going to have to win sort of a shootout. Are the Eagles capable of doing that? That's what I said coming into the season. I'm not sure they are. After watching this game, I, I'm, I double down on that. I'm not sure they are. You know, Ken Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, can you throw the football? I said, those two guys were the game plan, right? Because they had 12 targets of the whatever, 24 total. So half of the targets, and they each had two receptions. So, you know, four out of 12, 33% is not very good. Uh, they got to improve the passing game, and I think that's what Nick Sirianni was talking about, the fine line. The off-schedule stuff is great, but even better is putting the back foot in the ground, throwing the football on time, and completing passes down the field. Can the Eagles get to that point? That's what we're trying to find out with Jalen Hurts. Gotcha. Uh, John, appreciate you joining us, my friend. Really do from uh, Lincoln Financial Field and working your way through the technological hardships so we do appreciate that john thanks so much all right thank you thank you john mcmullen joining us from lincoln financial field yeah question mark tight ends where were they it definitely needed them a little bit more in this game we're going to break it down further when we come back here on live post game show and don't forget live post game show is brought to us and presented by ocean casino resort go for the win go birds more eagles coverage when we come back here on live post game show with mark farzetta devin caney and Derek gunn go for the midnight dares go for the memories go to get your spin on go to get your spot on go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink go for the steaks and the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy sh... Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back, everybody watching on 6abc.com as well as the incredible Jacob Media YouTube channel. We appreciate you guys joining us for all your Eagles coverage. I have a lot of people in the comment section that want to comment on the game and have been commenting on the game. We appreciate that. A lot of people looking more offense than defense when it comes to blame in this game. Uh, Gunner, you started out real quick. You started out the show by letting us know Brandon Graham done for the season. Right. You confirmed that with your – so you talked to your sources. They said Brandon Graham yeah. done for the season. Brandon Brooks – questionable as to whether or not he'll be available for the rest of the year. Right, right. There's still uh, still have to, uh, some tests to do, some MRI, uh, MRIs to do on Brandon Brooks, uh, but it's not looking good right now. Even if they say he's only down seven, eight, nine games, that's still an extended period of time, a period of time coming up against some important competition where they're going to lose him. And so um, somebody else is going to have to step in to fill the void. Somebody's going to have to step in on the outside and pick up their pass rushing slack for Brandon Grant. Um, but, but it, it, it is what it is at this level. You hate to see it happen to frontline players, especially quality guys, but this team can't stop now. You know, nobody's going to feel sorry for you, just like you don't feel sorry for anybody else who's, who's losing players left and right. I mean, you hate to say that, but that's the cold, hard facts of what this, this game is. It's, it's who can climb to the king of the hill, you know, and, you know, you know people are going to fall by the wayside, and hopefully you have enough people backing you up where you don't, uh, have a glaring uh, weakness at that particular position. Uh, Devin, you just saw something actually from Brandon Graham on social media. What did you see? I did. Brandon Graham just tweeted, uh, we're still about to shock the world. I'll just be leading from the sidelines this year, working 
to be great for 2022. Appreciate all the love. And now it's time for the guys to step it up. You have to find the treasure in every situation. I love the positivity there. You know, he's he's out, but he'll be on the sidelines. And that makes me happy. Brandon Graham is truly one of my favorite Eagles. He always has been. So um, glad to see that he's not down and out. You know, he'll still be around. He just won't be on the field. Yeah. And then also confirms your sources to be accurate. Not that I ever yes. doubted you, Gunner. Uh, yes, but, you did. Uh, oh, yes, you did. <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was like, this guy's full of it. Uh, no, I mean, if it. Gunner, if it's anyone to not doubt you on, it would be Brandon Graham. Uh, but that is exactly what you want to hear. You want to yeah. hear a guy that is still going to be vocal on the sidelines, keeping these, keeping this team, quite frankly, the young guys as well, motivated yeah. as the season goes on. And let's face it, anytime you have a rookie head coach, anytime you have a rookie head coach, you're always a little worried about what happens if things start to spiral out of control. I'm not saying right. that's going to happen here, but. But anytime you have a rookie head coach, you can worry about that a little bit. To have a veteran still willing to be a leader on the sidelines like Brandon Graham. And as we both know, as we all know, all three of us know, Brandon Graham is never one to be quiet. Uh, he will be a guy to make sure that these guys keep everything in the right direction as the season goes on. And you need that attitude on the sideline. Well, see, this is exactly what I was talking about in terms of not just quality football players, but quality people. And younger players are going to look at a Brandon Graham and how he handles this handles this situation and hopefully he learned and they learned from him in terms of it's never about me. It's always about we, no matter if I'm down or not, I'm still going to be here for you guys. I'm still going to do everything I can possibly do to get you coached up, help get you coached up for the next game. Uh, I want you to understand that when things are going bad, you always try to put a positive spin on them, no matter what. And, Mm -hmm. and so hopefully a lot of young guys learn from what Brandon Graham is going through right now you know okay brandon graham you could say he's in the twilight of his career he's made his money whether he plays or not he's set for life financially you know while these up-and-coming guys uh are still hungry they're still trying to get theirs but there's another element of it too there is a professionalism about this as well that you have to maintain and for brandon graham um whether he's doing it directly or indirectly it's once again a teaching moment for guys who he's going to pass the baton onto at some stage, whether it's after this season or after next season, uh, he's passing the torch on to some other players. And these players have to say to themselves, wow, if he, a proven player who's stuck in the game for a long, for as long as he has handles his business like that, then I need to act more like him so I can get longevity out of this game. Uh, not just in the league, but with a, a team that I want to play for, as well as make make as much as I can while I can. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, real quick, I just want to throw to some of our comments here. Uh, Devin, I know these people are all over us as far as the show yeah. goes and as far as the uh, the scheme itself goes for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we have uh, Lisi, I believe, uh, saying horrible offensive scheme. I don't necessarily disagree. And I like this from not Chase Daniel, but from the Philadelphia pronunciation, Chase Daniels. On uh, on uh, YouTube right here it says, uh, not going to get down on this team until they see how they respond next week, and right. that's kind yeah. of why I, uh, I I jump on that with them. Uh, so yeah, I'm all about that as well. Uh, I, look, just as we can't throw a parade for Week One, and as I certainly warned everyone about the fun police that were going to be there at work on Monday morning or on your Zoom call Monday morning, mm-hmm. uh, I'm also saying don't be the, uh, I don't know, the, the rain on the parade type of person either, thinking that it's going to be doom and gloom from this point on. Here's what I can, here's what I, we, we could definitely reflect on. This was the biggest teaching moment in Nick Sirianni's very young head coaching and play calling career. And mm-hmm. I do love the fact that he didn't 
try to make matters worse by saying in the post-game press conference, as John McMullen told us, oh, no, 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 that play call on the fourth and goal situation is what I do every single time. No, that was asking a lot of your offense in that situation. That was asking a lot of a young offense, Gunner, as you pointed out earlier as well. You can't ask those guys to run that play in that situation. Okay, if you can tell me, if you're going to tell me you're going to go for it on fourth and short, fourth and goal, right? I Okay, I can be sold on that. But to run that play, to, to, to not have your quarterback right. throwing right. a pass in that play or a better play in general, yeah, you better admit to that after the game, and I'm glad he at least did that. Well, yeah, Mark, you mentioned oh, – No, go ahead, Devin. Sorry. Well, you mentioned, you know, the reactions. And, again, thank you for the comments on the YouTube page and also uh, call to action. You can tweet me. I asked uh, – for general takeaways from this game and a lot of what I'm seeing, yes, while there's frustration and especially with the play calling, a lot of people are understanding that this is a young team. It's a rookie coach. The expectations were not that we were going to win the Super Bowl going into this season. I mean, not saying we're not, not saying we are, but I'm also not ready to burn things down. And a lot of people are on Twitter are saying that, um, uh, E-Rock, I don't know if you guys know the mighty E-Rock on Twitter. Oh, of course. Said, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we kind of, he said we kind of knew going into this season that there would be days like this. No, seems like a reasonable thing to assume. Not that it doesn't piss you off or it's not disappointing, but we knew that there would be days like this. And I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. You know, we fought hard in this game. It was frustrating, but I'm also not ready to throw in the towel on the season because of one frustrating game. Gunner, real quick. I, I just want to give a shout out to Kevin as well. Kevin saying the most optimistic thing, probably. Kevin is just saying, at least this wasn't a dumpster fire game. So there you there go. You go. It, there wasn't you go. Fire. it wasn't there a dumpster go. fire game. It could, it could exactly. have been a 41 to 13 loss. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. 41 to 11 loss, whatever. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't a dumpster fire. So let's take that into Monday morning. Absolutely. Gunner, if you look at the mistakes on this team, you can call it correctable. Uh, yes, when you think about absolutely. a head coach, I, I will like, here's the hot take that might come out tomorrow morning. And I, I think some people might label it a hot take. I wouldn't, I don't think this is necessarily a hot take. Cause I actually buy into this. When John McMullen joined us a little, a little earlier in the show. And he said that the Nick Sirianni play call, not, not going for it, but the play mm-hmm. call when going for it was a little bit of pandering to the crowd. And yes, everyone would have been excited. I still would have said, man, that was gutsy, but I wouldn't have said gutsy. I would have said something else that meant the same thing. Uh, <laughs> if if it was, if you were to make that play call, it's got to be the type of play call that you at least feel confident you can execute with a young team. That to me was the more of the pandering aspect as John McMullen was talking about on this show. Not only are we going to score on this fourth down, this fourth and goal, but I'm going to do something that everyone's going to look at me and say, oh, wow, the guts of Nick Sirianni calling that play. You didn't need it. And I do believe that the crowd, if this being a home game, certainly played into the play call of, of, uh, of Nick Sirianni. It certainly played into it. Not only am I going to score here with this team, but I'm going to score in such a way that's going to blow everybody's minds here. It was the wearing a Brandon Graham T-shirt or Devontae Smith T-shirt or Jalen Hurts T-shirt or Jason Kelsey T-shirt, Philly's sweatshirt version of a play call. It was pandering to the hometown crowd. Not only am I going to score this, and we're going to look so good doing it. We're not just going to win and go up big here. We're going to go up in a, in a way that the the if we're going to put a roof on the link just to blow it off with this play that was there. It was, to me, a little too much for the rookie head coach and the rookie play caller, more importantly. Wow. I just thought it was a, a coach who called a play mm. who said to himself, 
I believe that these guys can execute this. I mean, we practiced this. It looked good in practice. Let's yeah. see how we execute it on the, on the football field. And we're going to see more plays like this. Uh, I'm looking at Nick Sirianni now over two games and how he calls a game. And we're going to see more plays where he's going to put responsibility on his young players. He's going to put them in situations either you succeed or fail. You know, and, and no one guy fails. It's, it's 11 men who fail, whether it's on offense or, or defense. And he's going to call on them and with some more plays of, of trickery, deception. Um, it's going to happen. You know, and, and this is the best way to help a, a group of young guys grow up in a lot of ways. Because, you know, success as well as failure is a significant part of life. We all go through it no matter what we do in life. And, you know, uh, the difference is what, what they do is so much more magnified, not just in an arena of battle, but on national television. And the NFL now is global. So what you do is magnified even more so. But how you handle what you do is even bigger. And I think Nick Sirianni is just as concerned with about molding young men as he is molding professional football players. That was very deep, Deegan. I want to get you that. like that. I want to get that for, framed for an unhappy guy my- like myself. That was <laughs> deep, huh? <laughs> I want to frame that next to my pumpkin candles. I was just gonna say, Gunner was sipping at the break, he was sipping his uh pumpkin latte. Pumpkin, pumpkin latte, latte. yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, but, but Mark, really quickly, I want to go back to something that you and I have talked about multiple times actually at this point, and that is Nick Sirianni being in his element in game. So, yes, for a coach who's in his element and not, you know, as frazzled as he may or may not have seemed, especially in that first press conference, which side note, I did hear he is actually a little bit salty about how Philadelphia has reacted to that. But oh yeah, um, I think that a coach, you know, pandering by choosing a specific play call would mean he was out of his element. So I don't know if I totally agree with that. I think I, I agree more with Deacon on, on this, where I think he was truly just trying to get those points. And mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been cool if it worked and it didn't work. Right. See, right, see, right. no, no like, that's what happened. He called a play. They didn't execute it. But to call that play, like Greg Ward, I don't even think was targeted. I don't even know if you saw the field in the first game of the season. And then you're looking at this play after you already have an incredible 91-yard passing play where your quarterback's five feet or five feet, five yards deep in the end zone, bombs it to Quez Watkins, who takes it another, I don't know how many yards it ended up being, but it was like 40 yards in the air at least. And then you call that play on a fourth and goal. Like, I understand if it's a – fade route to to a tight end Ertz or Goddard I understand if it's a a bubble screen even to the outside which I still wouldn't even like but I understand something that's a little bit more in the um pumpkin spice latte version (laughs) you know basic Basic. plays basic exactly uh wait 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 I didn't yeah, say pumpkin me. spice latte. You're I just right. said you pumpkin did. spice coffee. I said coffee. I didn't you, say anything about a latte. There was no it's spice. The There's no, there no spice. You're right. You're right, Gunner. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> we're, we're, you know what? We're just upset. We're just, and we're lashing out. We're you're lashing out. You're not unless, upset. There's I'm, upset. There's frustrated. And there's bitter. Oh, you I'm definitely frustrated. The bitter plateau. I'm definitely frustrated because I don't like, again, I don't like even going forward in the fourth down situation, fourth and goal. But that one particular play call, the whole game changed after it. And it did. Here's what I I will say. Here's what I will say. Okay, first off, the game did change after that play call, right? Like the whole momentum. There was still a lot of game to be played. They could have rallied from that. They could have rallied from that. And then later in the game – well, we we haven't been – 
crushing the offense. We've been talking more defense as to – or excuse me, we've right. been crushing the offense more so than right. we have the defense. No, no, no. You've been crushing the offense. Let's clarify this. They scored 11 points. What, what do you expect? They're playing one of the better defenses in the National Football League. It happens. What do you want? Why would Lions put 33 points on them? What? But here, well, the Detroit Lions put 33 points Detroit on Detroit put up 33 points because the Niners had called off the dogs. They were leading by 28 points in the fourth quarter. Nick Bosa said when he was told he was going back in the game, he had to get wrapped up again, and he's looking for equipment that he had just thrown aside because they thought their day was over. Well, where was so, our yeah, dog the, mentality? Where was the dog mentality in this game? I certainly wait, wait, didn't see it from the offense. Well, yeah. no, but that that's the issue. Less so for me than the play call and, like, that one specific play. It's the fact that we couldn't bounce back from that. It's the fact that that seemed to right. affect the dog yeah. mentality. I didn't see any of that, especially right. after that play. And that's the issue. I, and I think maybe that goes back to our team being and coaching staff being so young. You know, they, they're not used to having to bounce back from that mm. in high-pressure situations. Mm-hmm. I, I just want both of you to know that I'm happy that we do this post-game show in this particular format because I, I cannot be in the presence of either one of you right now because you both would have you both would have brought me down. You would have killed my aura, you know, today. I'm, I'm trying I, to be positive as, here, Deegan. I'm as seeing a, the, the yeah, silver as, lining. As, as I do understand your frustration as fans and analysts of the game, um, you, you two have just brought me down. I just want you to know you just messed up the rest of my Sunday. You know, <laughs> you you with the dang pumpkin candles and you, Mister Negativity, over here. Yeah, I can't I can't deal with this right now. I'm sorry. I, 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 I just can't. I'm shutting you both out right now. All right, even as we speak. Let, uh, all right let's let's talk about something positive. Let's talk. What, here, you, you want, here, here's what? something positive. I'll give you something what? positive. This is a very positive thing. Very positive thing I'm about to tell you. Nope, I got nothing. I don't know what I can tell you. That's positive. <laughs> see, 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 see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was that was a hard sell. That was a hard that was sell. That's pretty good though. That was pretty good. Uh, right, yeah, now, I, I bought that. Now here's here's the thing: when you have a, a game that right. you lose like this, uh, seventeen to eleven, after you put up so many points, I know it's a different team. I just I I was expecting a lot more. I wasn't expecting thirty points. I wasn't expecting right. this team to come out here right. and just blow the doors off. I, I certainly wasn't expecting the defense to play against this offense as well right. as they did throughout this game. But if I had to hang my hat on one particular thing that I could have said to the defense, hey, do better, it's a 16-play drive. It's a 16-play drive that seemed very basic, to use that word one more time. Uh, a 16-play drive where your defense couldn't come up with that big stop, that big turnover, that big moment that we've relied on in years past when this team has had successful seasons. And that's the one thing I'll look at. And I know in our comments as well, some people are asking about Fletcher Cox. From what I noticed, there was one particular play that I couldn't believe Fletcher Cox, and I talked about this earlier in the show. When Fletcher Cox wasn't on the wasn't on the field, it was a fourth and one. And I look on the defensive line, and you have Javon Hargrave out. You have Fletcher Cox out, and your defensive tackles, I believe, in that game at that moment for a fourth and one situation were uh, Hassan Ridgeway. And Milton Williams, a rookie. Hassan Ridgeway was a guy that was released and then brought back. But those were your guys, defensive tackles in that situation. But again, back to this point. Fletcher Cox in this particular game, I didn't think had a terrible game. I saw that he got blown off the ball a couple of times by double teams. But overall, in the first two games, he has not been the Fletcher Cox that you really have depended on him to be, especially with, as everyone always ties in, the huge contract. There were a lot of things wrong on this defense in in that 16-play drive in particular. 
But when I looked at Fletcher Cox's game, as I was paying attention, because I like to watch Fletcher Cox on the defensive line, it, it, it seemed like there were a lot of times he was getting eaten up by double teams that usually you thought would be going away with how well Javon Hargrave had been playing. There's a lot of times he was held also. You know, there, there's a lot of holding and grabbing going on in there. And when you when you have made a reputation as a Fletcher Cox has mm-hmm. for a guy who is stout in the trenches, he's known for collapsing the pocket, um, you do everything and anything you can to stop him. And that's why he gets double teamed a lot uh, because of his athletic prowess. So, yes, maybe he didn't play the game that you wanted him to play. You know, maybe he didn't have the wow factor. Um, as much as you think for a guy who makes that kind of money should have. But, you know, Fletcher Cox uh, is an incredible ball player, an incredible strong individual. And, you know, as an offensive lineman, you do anything and everything you can to gain the advantage. And there's a whole lot of clutching and grabbing going on in there. And, uh, you know, the the offensive lineman today uh, got their their fair share of holes on Fletcher Cox. Mm. Uh, and by the way, we do have another comment. Uh, listener and viewer Trish would just like to say that she has your uh, pumpkin spice latte ready for you at the end of the show, Gunner. There, there you go. go. You got there fans you go. all. You got fans right. all over the place. That's right. That's what so, you so, do. so now you'll take the latte, not a pumpkin spice coffee, whatever that is. I've never heard. Oh, of that. if it, if it's free, it's me. I'm not buying a latte, but if somebody's <laughs> gonna buy it for me, I'll take it. I'll try yeah. it. Sure. Uh, I'm just glad you're talking to us again. You were touch and go there for a while, so. Welcome job, back. Job requirements forces me to engage with both of you at any given time. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> therefore, I am fulfilling my legal obligation uh, to this network. But once we are off, don't call me. Don't text me. Don't send me smoke <laughs> signals. Don't mm-hmm. email me until tomorrow. Let me enjoy what's left of my football Sunday. Take your negativities and keep them to yourself. Uh, I do want to let everybody know, of course, that the uh, live post game show is exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go birds. When we come back, I don't know. We usually give game balls, golden balls to somebody who did well. I guess in this one, we're going to take them away. Ooh, I like <laughs> that. What? I don't know. I don't know. No, we'll we'll just take like we'll that. we'll give you our takeaways from this game. What's gonna linger with us for the rest of of the week before the Eagles kick off with them Dallas Cowboys. That's when we return here on live post game show on 6abc.com and the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We'll be back in a minute. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. 
zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back to the live post-game show, fueled by Stateside Vodka. Not for nothing, guys. I'll be sharing this with you. I don't know if you noticed or not. I'll be drowning my sorrows this evening with Stateside Vodka, if I don't know if you can see that or not. But it is no wonder your speech is slurred. Yeah, the vodka is a good time. Anyway, so, uh, so, don't... Hey, get this. Hey, 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 not to cut you off, but get this. So yeah. uh, during the last break, I go out, out of the room here, and... Um, and my wife says, hey, that was me. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, that was me that sent the message for about the pumpkin spice latte. I'm like, what? You? I didn't even know you were watching. Are you yes. serious? Oh, my goodness. I love that. So I- then uh, there's a fragrance in this house right now. She's she's making this 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 chuck roast. And I said, I said oh, I smell so good. What is that? Oh, just a little pumpkin spice latte. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, is this is this the theme for my Sunday now? Pumpkin spice latte? Really? Is this what oh we're going God, with this amazing. Thing? Well, this oh, you man. tell Trish she just saved my Sunday. Just by that, she saved my Sunday. I'm not uh, telling her anything you say. <laughs> well, you don't have to because she's watching. Apparently, she, apparently, yeah, she, apparently she's watching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do oh, want to let, let you have to scroll below. Use promo code postgame for five dollars off a one liter bottle. Go statesidevodka.com. That's go to statesidevodka.com. And that sounds like a good time. Uh, also, I want to get this in in our postgame show. I know uh, Carson Wentz isn't everyone's favorite quarterback. I, am, I, I understand right, that. Right. However, we have reason reason to root for him because it could mean a first-round pick for the Eagles with the conditional second-round pick that was traded to the Eagles this past offseason. This coming from ABC News. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz will undergo further evaluation on his right ankle after injuring it oh, in the fourth geez. quarter of Sunday's oh, loss to the L.A. Rams. Wentz suffered the injury when he tried to scramble as he was taken to the ground by the Rams defensive lineman, Aaron Donald, 
who happens to be really good at football. That's my line, not theirs. Uh, but Carson Wentz uh, for the second straight week. or excuse me, This guy, the, unbelievable. Well, the second time since he's been a member of the Colt, we got to worry. The Colts, excuse me, have to be uh, whether or not what he can What happens when uh, you drink it. while you're working, buddy? Right. <laughs> you know, I, how many do I have? Six bottles? I started with eight. Anyway, um, so uh, we got to worry about Carson Wentz and his injuries yet again, whether or not the Eagles will get that first round pick. In the you, upcoming you are you worry about Carson Wentz and his e- injuries, and I'm worried about the fact that my wife just brought me a pumpkin spice latte. Yes, thank you. Thank uh, you. Can baby. you see the phone? Look at the phone. She has one of these machines. Is there vodka in it? Is it no, a spice? He, he, he's inebriated enough for both of us now. Now <laughs> so, no, I'm good. I'm sorry, as you were, continue while I enjoy. No, they uh oh. That's she not has a cap- her candle. She has her candle, pumpkin spice candle. I have my latte okay. now. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask if that was a cappuccino. It looks like a huge espresso is what it looks like, actually. It, it probably uh, is, man. I'm not a coffee connoisseur. Probably uh, is. Let, let, okay. Before All we I know give- is I'm jacked up right now. <laughs> Before we give away our game balls or just get our takeaways of the game. Right. Going forward, when, when, you, when you look at this offense and you look at this defense, one thing I thought we were going to get in this particular game, right. I thought we were going to at least see you know, everything emptied when it came to running the football, when it came to using the running backs. And it felt like, especially as the game went on, and yeah, you needed points quick, so you weren't going to run the football. But it felt like the screen game was not there for this team nearly as much as it was last Why? week. It seemed like it Why? seemed like the but because you were facing a better defense, obviously. But yes. the but, but here's what I'm thinking. Like even the run game wasn't there for you in this one. Even no. the the attempts to to make screens no. to make things no. happen weren't there in this particular game. Like I, I understand that you're game planning against specific defense, but at some point, don't you have to go to something you feel like will be a bread and butter? Something you talked about in the early goings of training camp that would be a bread and butter. I felt like I didn't see any of the short game as this game went on, especially especially when you're trying to establish a little bit of rhythm. Rhythm with your quarterback Jalen Hurts. I didn't when see anything you, in this game that Nick Sirianni was trying to coach to the strengths of of Jalen Hurts. When you play a team like the 49ers, they throw you out off your off your game plan, mm-hmm. and then you have to reevaluate and say, "Okay, we got to try something different here," because this, they're too smart for the screen game to get beat up on a screen game. Although the Eagles were able to hit them on a couple of big plays, what happened when they tried it later? They took away the deep balls by double covering anybody who got without beyond 15 yards of the field, downfield. So th- give credit to the 49ers for being able to handcuff a lot of the things the Eagles wanted to do. I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now. The Eagles only ran 55 plays to San Francisco's 68 plays. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because the 49ers ran the ball 38 times to control the clock. If they're controlling the clock and they're picking up three or four yards of carry, the average is a little over three yards of carry, your offense is not getting the football if your defense is not giving it back to them. So the 49ers game plan was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and the Eagles couldn't overcome that. Now, they had marginal success again. They hit them with a couple of big shots that worked, but for the most part, they didn't hit them with it when it counted most. And, you know, I'm giving credit to a 49ers team that the Eagles defense shut down running the football for 30 minutes. All of a sudden, they stuck to their game plan. Again, a veteran team stuck to its game plan. And then what did they do to alter the running game just a little bit to loosen the things up? They started going pitch left, 
pitch right, widening, widening the football field. And then they sucked them back in again and started hitting them up the middle with that as well. So, Mark, I'm just letting you know that it's not so much Nick Sirianni in this particular game or a lack of execution from the players in this particular game, even though they had their opportunities. It was a better football team executing their game plan better than Eagles executed their game plan. But, but. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Let me give my. I want to know in terms of play calling why there were barely any adjustments made. Like we talk about the tight ends, barely saw them at all, especially Dallas Goddard. If we knew the run game wasn't working, which it clearly wasn't, why was it called over and over again to get minimal yardage? Tight ends were taken out of the game. They were taken out of the game. Um, San Francisco's linebackers are very good coverage linebackers as well. And if you want to minimize your mistakes, you're not just going to throw to your tight ends uh, at will. So, so, so the 49ers were able to take away a lot of things that the Eagles wanted to do. If you look at a lot of times when Jalen Hurts stepped back and was holding the ball a little bit longer, he's waiting for somebody to free up and down the field. Meanwhile, this pocket was collapsing around him, which forced him to make a quicker decision than he wanted to do. Compared to last week when he had all day to throw, Running backs look phenomenal, picking up the blitzes coming up, but they were coming from different angles this time. You know, a a, a um, 49ers coach defense this week had better angles of pursuit of Jalen Hurst. Timing was different compared to mm-hmm. what the Atlanta Falcons were doing. It disrupted a lot of things that the Eagles mm-hmm. might have wanted to do. Better personnel forces you to do things a lot differently when you're going up against them. And it showed from in a span of eight days, we saw a defense that is trying to find its way that's lacking in talent up front and on the back end compared to a defense that is much better, sprinkled with pro bowlers, faster players, smarter players, coached by a better defensive coordinator. So you don't put any of the blame on on our running backs? No, I'm not going to say not any of the blame. I'm just saying... The execution, it looked off today because of the competition they were playing across from. But when you look at the Eagles' running game, when you look, I, I was impressed with how they were able to run in the teeth of San Francisco's defense. And Miles Sanders picking up four, five, six yards at a crack. It just wasn't enough to sustain itself to keep from giving the ball back to the 49ers. And when they did have a, an extended measure of success, they didn't capitalize, meaning not a running back, not just a quarterback but everybody did not capitalize on opportunities that they were given. Right. That, that I'll agree with. To, to combine the two things that you were just talking about, pass rush and tight ends, um, right. uh, how do you think Jack Stahl's feeling right now? Rookie tight end, the first time Nick Bosa coming out of the second half is lined up on the right side of the line of scrimmage. Lane right, Johnson right. has to take the in-time blocker. Uh, inside blocker means Jack, uh, Jack uh, Stahl, who's the rookie tight end, is lined right. up now with Nick Bosa. He has to stop Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa bulldozed him to get after Jalen Hurts, forced the fumble. Stall then jumped on the football to make sure they didn't turn it over. But that was a quick play, and that's one of the faster plays that Jalen Hurts had to get rid of the football. Unfortunately, couldn't because Bosa was breathing down his neck. Uh, but as far as, Gunner, what you were saying about – What did you want Jack Stahl to do with this Oh, thing? no, that's what, what I'm saying. I, I I'm not – I'm not criticizing have nightmares him. Tonight. I know you're not. Know yeah, you're yeah, not. yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to have not... nightmares tonight. Like, that's what I. That's what I'm saying. Imagine Nick Bosa's the coming for me. <laughs> he looks up and he sees Nick Bosa. He looks over, and sees how the line's going to play out. That Lane Johnson right. has to shift to his left to take right, the inside right. pressure, right. and 
it's like, all right, here goes nothing. And then obviously a fumble, but hey, he, he recovered the ball. So there you go. Um, as far as uh, we get, we're going to wind things down right here on the live post game show. Uh, and uh, before we do that, we always like to make sure that in a good game, we give away a game ball. In a bad game, I guess we'll just talk about what we want to see change the most going forward. Uh, Devin, do you want to take it first? Uh, Gunner, you want me to go first? How do you guys want to play this? I'll go last. Make- oh, yeah, I was just going to say, let's make him go first. Yeah, I know. I beat first. you to it. <laughs> Man. You want I, make I'll, me- I'll go. You, you want to go? You you go. I, I'll, I'll take I'll take the ball. I'll, I'll start it off right here. We'll start with the saltiest person, and then we'll make our way up. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> well, I like that. We'll whoa. get less salty as we go along. Yeah. You know what? We'll get less uh, salty, more pumpkiny as we move yeah, on. Uh, so so I'm here. So, I'm sorry. You were saying what? What? <laughs> Here's what I got for it. Going forward. Going forward. Yes. What I want to see. In week three that I didn't see in week two. Right. I need to see Nick Sirianni call plays for his quarterback. Defense, I thought, played overall a good game. 16-play drive. Certainly, we can talk about that. That was a mistake. Couldn't, shouldn't see that. But offensively speaking, one of the things I loved in week one versus week two was right. that they allowed Jalen Hurts to get into a rhythm. This game, 12 completions, 12 for 23 in this particular game. I need to see something done to help Jalen Hurts get into that rhythm. Jalen Hurts ran the ball 10 times. What, all out of all of them, maybe two of them were actually called runs? Mm-hmm. Those were all scrambles that you saw from him. Instead of him allowing him to rely on his legs to make a play, scheme guys open, things that we loved seeing in week one we did not see in week two. I want to see Nick Sirianni call a much more comfortable game plan for his quarterback and then build on that as the game went on. To me, this game got more uncomfortable for Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni as the game went on. That's what I want to see change from week two to week three before they host or before they take on the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. That's salty number one. Now do we move slightly less salty, more pumpkiny next? Devin, do you have it? What do you got? Because that, that's me. I'm slightly less salty here. Um, and more pumpkin-y because you have the candle. A, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it. The candle's still burning. Um, and the candle's burning, easy. like I said. Like I said, because, you know, there was hope. So my overall takeaway is what I said before. You know, this is a very young Eagles team. I was impressed with what I saw last week. Yes, today was frustrating. We were playing a veteran team in the 49ers, a very good team, especially defensively. What I want to see next week is, yes, better play calling, but also to not forget about this game, but to learn from our mistakes mm-hmm. and make those changes and not let what felt like, especially in late second quarter, how it uh, took the the steam out of the entire team, it seemed like, for the second half, to not let that roll over into our next game against the Cowboys. Because as Lane Johnson mentioned earlier, it's a massive game. It's prime time. It's in Dallas. This is a young team. Um I don't want them to let it get to them mentally. Uh, I felt like they got a confidence boost from their first game against the Falcons. So I want them to hold on to that confidence and not go into this Dallas game feeling low. That's a good one. I'm in, I'm into it. Yep. Maybe, you know, Devin, just to brace you before we get to Gunner, Gunner, or uh, Devin, maybe at the end you just blow out the candle to and signify oh, the end of the show. Yeah. Real, well, real dramatic. Oh, we're at the very end of the show. Very end of the show. Real okay. dramatic, like okay. real dramatic. Yeah. Gunner, what do you got, my friend? Plain and simple, finish what what you start. Just finish what you start. Eliminate the mistakes, both physically and mentally. And when you sustain a drive, you have to finish what you start. Um, And these guys, whether they're rookies or 20-year vets, they all know when you make mistakes, they will come back to bite you, and it will cost you in crucial crucial situations. 
And it happened time and time again in this particular game. So use what you didn't do in this particular game as motivation for the game eight days from now against your first division opponent of the season against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, because either you're going to go down there and Dallas is going to be 0-2, a hungry 0-2 team or a team 1-1, depending on what happens with uh, the game, their game with the Chargers today. So just learn. Keep learning. You know, that's all you can do. Keep learning. You know, even if you – whether you win or lose, just keep learning and eliminating certain things uh, that, that happen to you in a negative light. So, so but for the most part, I'm going to give kudos for, to this defense. You held the San Francisco 49ers to 17 points and a little over 300 yards in a game that was very winnable for you guys. You know, not many teams can say they can hold the San Francisco 49ers under 400 yards of offense, under 30 points a game. So I'm going to give the defense some props. They fought tooth and nail with this team. San Francisco hit them in the mouth with a couple of big plays. They sustained two long drives over 90 yards. One drive was 17 plays, nine-minute drive. Happens in a game. So for the most part, I'm going to give this defense kudos for being able to stand up to this offense, a physical offense, and holding them to 17 points. That was well said, I'll end, I'll end on a positive note. That was, that, was, that was well said. You know what? Sunshine and rainbows and pumpkin spice over there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Love it. I, would, I would share with you, but, you know, such is the case. Puppy dogs and ice cream. Puppy dogs and ice cream. Uh, right now, Dallas Cowboys, by the way, leading the L.A. Chargers 14-11 uh, to 11 with 12.40 to go in yep. the third quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, Thanks for joining us. I do want to remind you that live postgame show on 6abc.com as well as the Jacob Media YouTube channel is presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Go for the win. Go Birds. We'll be back with you guys on a late one following a Monday night game. We're going to be up late, guys. We're going to have some fun. Uh, maybe we wear our PJs. I don't know. Uh, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen? We'll be taking on – we'll be coming to you live right after – the Eagles take on the Dallas Cowboys in week three of the NFL season in Monday Night Football from Dallas, from AT&T Stadium. So we'll be back with you guys after that. My name is Mark Farzetta for Derek Gunn and Devin Caney. Devin, do you have the candle? There we I go. I have the there candle, and we're, we're all going to wish um, on, a, on a win in Dallas, um, okay? Ready? There we go. <laughs> One, two, three. I didn't blow it out at first. <laughs> Did I just wow. She fumbled. She fumbled blowing out the candle. I fumbled it. If oh the Eagles lose, goodness. it was not my fault. I'm sorry. Wow. That's the jinx. That the jinx is in. <laughs> Eight days before kickoff, the jinx is in. Are wow. you kidding me? Wow. wow. You, know, you know what, Devin? We'll go back, look at the film. Next time we won't miss on the uh, on the candle. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to everyone that did on uh, 6abc.com as well as the Jacob Media Network. For Devin Caney, Derek Gunn, I'm Mark Farzetta. And don't forget, uh, don't forget about this. Also, I, I missed this last week. Don't go anywhere until you watch this video from Jacob Media. We're giving away a pair of season ticks. So go ahead and make sure you guys check that out as well. Have a great week, everybody. We'll all bounce back from this loss along with the Philadelphia Eagles. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the 
same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98.